you know, when I grew up, an architect was an architect, a, a, a police. That's not the way it is today. Like I was kind of almost a little bit uh, of a visionary in that, you know, today you and most people your age will have several careers. That wasn't the case when I was growing up. And so when I go out, like I said, and I talk to these dental students, you know, I want to encourage them to, you know, stop having this myopic view of the world and thinking that all you're going to do is drill teeth, you know, that that's so sad. There's so much more out there if you want it. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. Hello, my fellow winners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Winning Streaks. Today is a great day. The Los Angeles Lakers won their first NBA championship in 10 years. And through everything that has happened this year, from Kobe Bryant's death to coronavirus to the plethora of social injustice cases, it's pretty remarkable for a team to rally and still accomplish the goal of winning a title. They did this for you, Kobe, and I know you're watching from above. I've got a really special one for you today, guys. Um, for me personally, this was a very powerful conversation. I mean, if you stick till the end, you'll find me getting very emotional as well, which was new for me. Dr. Bill Dorfman has had a career unparalleled to any other dentist in history. He's transformed the smiles of celebrities such as Katy Perry, Usher, Hugh Jackman, and Eva Longaria, to name a few. He was the only dentist featured on ABC's hit show, Extreme Makeover, and is frequently a guest host on CBS Emmy Awarded daytime talk show, The Doctors. Referred to as the Michael Jordan of dentistry, he has appeared on numerous talk shows, including Larry King Live, Oprah, and E.T. As the founder of Discus Dental, he helped lead the company from its inception to more than $1.3 billion, that's right, billion with a B, $1.3 billion in sales. He has received 20 Lifetime Achievement Awards, two Guinness Book of World Records, a New York Times bestselling author, and recently was the first dentist knighted by the Royal Order of Constantine. That's nuts. Um, Dr. Bill is also the founder of the nonprofit called the Leap Foundation, a motivational leadership program designed to help youth 15 to 25 plus build the foundational habits of success. We talked about the importance of a personal brand, the role mentorship played in his very successful career, and we got deep into a discussion of adversity. Dr. Bill knows how to win. Let's find out how he does it. Dr. Bill Dorfman, welcome to the Winning Streaks podcast. Um, you know, just looking at the, that background, I'm already kind of blown away and I'm super excited for this episode. So thank you so much for, for coming on to the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, while we're on, on the topic, while we're on the subject, I'm curious, like you've got a lot of things behind you right there. Um, what are maybe the three, your three favorite items uh, in the background there personal to you? Uh, well, all right, let's do it this way. Uh, probably number one, I got knighted last year. So I am actually 
Sir William. That was kind of cool. Uh, this was for my friend's wedding, but I wouldn't put that on the cool list. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, this is a beautiful museum piece, Buddha, that my, uh, my ex-wife let me keep after we got divorced. I would put that up there. Wow. And then probably this was a really, really cool night um, when uh, I got a really nice award from a MDA by uh, Jay Leno and my sweet, sweet friend, Tracy Bregman. Um, those are some, yeah, there's, I got a lot of stuff. My kids, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> hard to say what are your top three. Yeah. But, uh, there's the uh, Dr. Bill workout. I'm posting that uh, machine on my Instagram today. Uh, I'm the only dentist, I think, with a million followers on Instagram. But uh, I don't just do dentistry. I usually do dentistry, fitness, and then stuff about our LEAP program, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. There you go. I love how you listed the three things and then you mentioned your kids. So I thought that was a bit um, funny, but um, we will definitely talk about, you know, you, you certainly set yourself apart um, having, you know, close to a million followers all, all over social media, um, working with individuals such as Hugh Jackman, you know, Mark Wahlberg, um, Katy Perry, like these are just incredible names. Um, you know, kind of a, a simple, but, but big question. How did you get to be able to work with, you know, such big names and kind of become, uh, you know, the celebrity dentist on, on various talk shows and such. Oh, you know, first of all, I'm like over a hundred years old, so I'm not a young guy. I, I've been doing dentistry for nearly 40 years. And when I started, uh, ironically, my girlfriend worked at one of the big talent agencies. Uh, William Morris. And so, you know, she was in the mailroom and we were all young. We were in our 20s and everybody was just starting out. And like all those people are now running all the big agencies, CAA, you know, uh, William Morris, uh, all of them. And so over the years, we've all stuck together. And as, you know, their careers grew, they sent me their clients and, um, uh, I sent them my patients and they made them famous. And it just, it was a synergistic thing. So we were, I guess we were all in the right place at the right time. That's crazy. Yeah. What a you know, small world can do. And, and, I, and I say that all the time. I think uh, the type of connections we have, we don't always, we're not aware, always aware of it at the time. But I'm sure you know, it's a lot more than that. And, and we will get to that. Um, well, you know what it is? Yeah. It's really a diehard commitment to gold-plated customer service. That's what it is. You know, whether you're a huge celebrity or not, when people come into my office, we bend over backwards to make their experience not what they expect, more than what they expect. I have more five-star Google reviews than any other dentist I know of. I mean, we have almost 2,000 five-star Google reviews because, you know, not only do we go out of our way to really cater to our patients, but we do something so powerful and so many businesses don't do it. And this is one of the key things I teach kids at LEAP. I'm going to make a quick segue, but LEAP is a motivational leadership program I do for high school and college kids. It's a nonprofit where we basically teach kids the skills to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up with nothing and uh, my career has exceeded 
every expectation I ever had. And so I take the things that I've learned and I bring in all these other amazing, you know, people from celebrities and entrepreneurs and whatnot to share that with kids. But the one thing I tell kids, the most powerful word in the English language is three letters. A-S-K. Ask. If a patient walks to my front desk and whoever is working up there is checking that patient out, the first thing they do is they say, how was your experience today? And when the patient says something positive, they say, would you please write us a review? We're building our social media and it means so much to us. And yeah. patients are happy to do it. And we, they do it right there, which actually makes it stick because Google knows where you are when you're doing it. So it's not like this errant review from somebody in Connecticut, like they're in Century City in my office. How can that not be a valid review? Right? Right, right. And it works. And, you know, and we just ask, you know, very politely. And people, if they have a good experience, will, you know, be happy to do that because people know the value of social media today. Mm-hmm. Incredibly powerful, um, especially for, for business um, under all aspects. And, you know, I'm super curious diving into more of the Leap Foundation. Um, like you said, you kind of provide young people with the skills they need to, to build a, a strong future for themselves. And one of the things you mentioned was asking, but what are other foundational skills that you think it's important for every young individual to have? And how are you teaching those things to them? First of all, LEAP is a week-long program. This year, we pivoted and made it a virtual program. But typically, it's at UCLA every year. The next one in 2021 will be July 18th to the 24th. Nice. Um, the students live on, uh, on campus, on the dorm. Um, due to the success we had with the virtual program, it will now be a dual program. We'll have... 500 students at UCLA and probably 10,000 virtually. Um, But basically we teach these kids the skills that they need to be successful in life. And we bring in amazing speakers, entrepreneurs, celebrities, uh, athletes. I mean, you name it, you know, Apollo Ono, the most decorated winter Olympian in history spoke on our stage for an hour. And when we walked off the stage, put his arm around me, he goes, Dr. Bill, if I had a program like this growing up, I could have done so much more. <laughs> Apollo, wow. you know, it's pretty powerful. And, you know, I always say if there's two principles that I stress the most at least and want kids to embrace and walk away with, it's this. Number one, don't wait for opportunities in life. Make them. If I meet another millennial that tells me that they're waiting for the universe to do something for them. I, I, I just want to say, dude, have you looked outside lately? The universe is really busy. And guess what? It doesn't care about you. You need to care about you. So stop waiting and start making. And number two, when you do get an opportunity, don't take it. Master it. I love that. And uh, it's so funny that you mentioned that now because just a few days ago, I was, I was talking to, to someone over the phone and they, they asked me, what's the best and worst advice you've ever gotten? And so the best advice I think I've ever gotten is double down on your strengths. Uh, don't worry too much about the weaknesses. Just double down on what you're good at. And the worst advice I think I've ever received is be patient. 
um, for me personally. And it's because, you know, I think the mentality of being patient and like you said, like waiting for all the stars to align and waiting for the universe to provide us with the opportunity we're looking for is not going to get us to the destination we seek out. It takes like consistent, um, intentional action to ultimately get there. So I love that. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something. This is a great example. When ABC gave me the opportunity to be on, on Extreme Makeover, it was a birth of reality TV. Like we didn't, and I watched the first two or three episodes. I stunk. Dentistry, great. TV, not so good. They should have fired me. But I was smart enough to know how much I stunk. So instead of sitting there and waiting to get fired, I did something about it. I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompter. I can read a teleprompter like we're talking and you would never even know. You know, I worked with the woman who trained all the kids on American Idol. You know, I had her sit me in a room and beat me up. You know, sit up straight, turn this way, and film it, and then critique me and go over and over and over. When I went on HSN and QVC, I sold out every time. Why? Because I hired her and worked with her and worked with her and worked with her. You know, one of the biggest misnomers, we've all heard the saying, practice makes what? Perfect. Wrong. Practice makes permanent. Wow. Right? Practice it the right way. And the way that you do that is you hire professionals. Look, I'm the only dentist in the world with a million followers on social media. That didn't just happen. Right. You know, I have a whole team. I have a whole social media team. You know, this morning I woke up, I did a workout. Look on my, uh, on my Instagram. It, it should post today. Dr. Bill Dorfman, Dr. B-I-L-L Dorfman, right? I, post, I go ahead, I record a video, I send it to Antonio. He curates it, he crops it, he adds music to it. He does this, he does that. Then he sends it off to Dan. Dan makes sure it hits the Explorer page and all that. So I'm always getting new people organically and boom, you know, that doesn't just happen. You know, I didn't just end up on extreme makeover. I had a publicist who was out pitching me, looking for media opportunities for me all the time. Yeah. I can't do that. I can drill teeth. I'm super good at drilling teeth. The other stuff I'm not that good at. I just hire great people. And I think that we all get stuck in our mind like we have to do everything. We don't. You know, I think that, you know, probably one of the most telling moments I've ever had in media was on Oprah. You know, when you do a TV show like Ellen or Rosie or The View or any of those shows, they, they stick you in a little room and they interview you for like an hour, a producer. Right. And, and, and then they're fishing. They're looking like, what kind of things can he talk about that's going to interest our audience, right? Then you go out and you shoot your segment. Now, it looks like it's a live segment when you're watching it at home. It, what we call it is called live to tape. So we're actually taping it and then showing it in all these different time zones, right? right? There's only two times in my whole life with all the hundreds of shows I've ever been in that that didn't happen. 
the first is Larry King lied. And that's super scary because not only is it lied and not only do you not know what he's going to ask you, it's live worldwide. Yeah. Like, Everyone's got their eyes on you. And hundreds of countries. Yeah. That's scary, right? The other is Oprah. Now, hers is live to take, but you don't know what Oprah's going to ask you. Mm-hmm. And back in 2005, when she said, hey, Dr. Bill, you know, you've had a career unlike any other dentist in history. What inspired you to think so far outside the box? I had never heard that phrase before. It was not common yet, right? right? And I looked at Oprah and I said, what box? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. And then we cracked up. And I mean, and I think that really exemplifies my entire career. You know, I, I, you know, I, it's it, it, literally my career as a dentist has exceeded every expectation I ever had. I never in my life knew that being a dentist could become a... <laughs> New York Times bestselling author, being knighted, Sir William. Like, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. And, and, I, and one of the things I love doing is going and speaking to dentists in dental school, you know, and basically sharing my story. And I, the first thing I say to them is I say, look, I am not standing here to brag. I don't have to do this. I'm not getting paid. I'm coming here to show you what I did so you can use that as a starting point and do more, mm-hmm. you know? Use me as a mentor. Use, I always tell kids, I said, you know, follow my Instagram, not because I need followers, follow it and learn what I'm doing because I'm working with some of the best people in social media and learn from what I'm doing and then do it better. And by the way, if you have a great idea, share it with me. Yeah. I, I'm not like the Holy Grail, you know? I, I can learn too. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I find that, you know, it's funny, I I mentioned in a job interview recently that I was in that, um, you know, it's not efficient to try and reinvent the wheel. What you do is you mirror success, existing success, and then add your own creative spin to it. But why try to change things where, you know, people are achieving great results already? If you take that and adapt that, those sort of habits and success, that's why we read books, right? We see what other people have done, what other people have accomplished, and try to add that to our unique formula to, to ultimately get things done. Um, right. At, at LEAP, we say copy genius, don't reinvent mediocrity. Oh, perfect. That I'm going to steal that one. So, right. um, yeah, it's the nail on the head. Absolutely. And it's like, like we talked about, you know, you're, you're far more than, than just a dentist, you know, quote unquote, you do, you know, your philanthropy, um, you know, you're an entrepreneur in, in multiple ways. Um, been on all these talk show hosts and, or been on all these talk shows and working with Leap Foundation and so many things. Um, but I remember I made, so I made a post yesterday and about LeBron James and how he has a philosophy, which is, um, you know, always keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's what allows you to do everything else that you do in your life. How do you feel about that statement in relation to kind of your journey? Yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, I I always tell my kids because you know my generation, you know, grew up completely different. 
Like if you were a lawyer, you did law. If you were a dentist, you drilled teeth. It, you know, I'm one of the only dentists my age who started a company. You know, we grew Discus Dental. You know, I invented Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Tooth whiteners, yeah. right? But we, we grew that company from zero to over $1.3 billion in sales. That wasn't an accident. What did I do along the way? You know, boom. You know, I didn't have a background in business. About two or three years into the business, when I realized that I was literally lost in our board meetings, I went back to school. Mm -hmm. This wasn't easy. You know, I had kids. I had a full-time job. I went and took night classes at UCLA Extension to learn accounting, business. I mean, all these things. So I could be a valuable asset to the company besides just being a dentist, you know? And a lot of people just aren't willing to make that extra effort. You know, when I was approached to write a book, you know, by a big publisher um, on dentistry, I said, no, I'm not going to write a book. I'm going to write a New York Times bestseller. And I did. I did the groundwork to find out because writing a book for me does nothing. Writing a New York Times bestseller lets me book all the biggest talk shows on TV. For sure. I'm the only dentist on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm the only book on dentistry on the New York Times bestseller list. Like, I've broken every barrier. Why? Because like I told Oprah, no box, you know? <laughs> and I think that so much of our lack of success is because we do put ourselves in box. We do, look at, maybe it's just because I'm 62. I really don't care what people say about me. I really don't mm-hmm. like it. Did you, when you were younger, I have a, like just more to button. Yeah, yeah, I did. But I think at a certain point in my life, I realized that really the only people that matter are the people that really matter. Like my family, you know, if some bozo on social media calls me a clown, do I care? No. You know, I like, I don't even answer these people. I, you know, I mean, it doesn't happen that much, but I'm just saying you, you have to put things in perspective and really concentrate on what really matters in life. And, you know, when I was in high school, like, oh my God, if I got a zit, like I didn't even want to go to school. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, nobody even looks at you because they're all concerned about their own complexion. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, one of the gifts of, of, of maturity is really putting things in perspective and, and focusing on what's important. But getting back to, to, to the career thing, you know, when I grew up, an architect was an architect, a, a, a police. That's not the way it is today. Like I was kind of almost a little bit uh, of a visionary in that, you know, today you and most people your age will have several careers. That wasn't the case when I was growing up. And so when I go out, like I said, and I talk to these dental students, you know, I want to encourage them to, you know, stop having this myopic view of the world and thinking that all you're going to do is drill teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's so sad. There's so much more out there if you want it. How powerful do you feel... Like, for example, again, you're close to a million followers on Instagram. How powerful do you feel 
establishing a personal brand is for, you know, millennials and, and younger professionals to catapult their careers moving forward in their lives? And if so, what are some top personal branding advice tips that you would have for them? Okay. First of all, this is, this is, this is, so when I first started with this whole, I, I'm probably on my 15 uh, social media people because as you grow and learn it, I'll never forget. Like when I was about on my third team, mm-hmm. the guy I was working with said, Doc, we need to get influencers in because that's how you're going to build. I'm like, okay. So he would send in these young 20 year olds that were you know, influencers and we would do zoom whitening on their teeth for free mm-hmm. so that they would, you know, post a story, post some pictures. And after about the third one, I said to her, I said, um, you know, you, you, you really need a cleaning. When's the last time you had your teeth cleaned? She goes, oh, like eight years ago. I'm like, eight years ago? She goes, yeah. I said, well, you know, well, why don't you schedule an appointment? She goes, well, h- how much is the cleaning? I said, uh, it's like 160. She goes, Ooh. she goes, yeah, I- I'm going to have to wait a little bit on that. So I called my guy up. I'm like, what kind of influencers are these? Like, they can't afford a cleaning? Who are they influencing? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, then I started looking at this, like, having a social media following just to make you feel good about having a following is garbage. Honestly. I mean, Save for the people kids, in the back, <laughs> these kids that, like, you know, they're just famous for being famous. I, I, I honestly have zero respect for, you know, have a cause. You want to save the trees, save the trees. You know, I mean, have a valid cause, except your ego to be Insta famous. For me, so I would say, number one, have something important. You know, don't just be like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I'm hot. So follow me. Like, come on. Right. Do we need more of that? No. You know, so I really focus on dentistry and dental education. Like, I get... I'm the only person I think with a million followers on Instagram who actually answers all my DMs. Every night I get at least 10 questions from people where they ask questions about their teeth and a lot of them come into the office, you know, fitness, you know, I'm a big fitness fanatic. You know, I'm 62 years old. I just did a big layout for GQ magazine. What's your routine? What's your routine look like? I'm curious. Well, read the article. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm the, I think I'm the oldest guy they ever put in their shirtless. Wow. That's you pretty know, crazy. I'm in better shape now than I was when I was your age. Cause I know what to do better, you know? So, you know, and then leap. So like my, my social media is really focused on leap, helping kids, fitness, helping everybody, dentistry, you know, yeah, once in a while I'm on a trip, I'll post a picture here or there. But it's not like me, 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 aren't I awesome? Like, I just, I can't stand those. I just delete them. I can't even look at them. Yeah. You prefer, like, you have a purpose that you're standing behind and pursuing yeah. that purpose to help other people is what's causing, you know, all the other good things. Yeah. That have a real look at If you leave this world without having made it better, shame on you. Mm-hmm. 
have that be the core of what you're doing. Not this narcissistic, like, follow me because I'm hot thing. Like, ah, come on. Mm-hmm. What, so I will check out the article, um, but what are kind of, you know, key essentials that you think you have now that you didn't back then when it comes to fitness? Because obviously like my audience is, is primarily young professionals, millennials listening to this, like what habits would you like to have instilled back then um, from a fitness and health and nutrition aspect that, that you didn't and you wish you had? So here's the basic thing. Every time I do these fitness articles, they always ask me like, what's the secret, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really three things, right? Diet, exercise, genetics. You control two, right? Damn. So this is the GQ article. Dr. Bill, you have uh, certainly outdone yourself. That's... At 62, buddy. Goals. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, diet, I I eat healthy, you know. I I don't, I mean, does that mean I'll never have a cookie? No, but like I don't eat the whole bag, right? Um, Exercise, I exercise every day. Every day, you know. And genetics, you're lucky or you're not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you do control the other two. Right. And a, a big you know, thing that or philosophy that I'm a fan of is, you know, control what you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't. Um, like you can't worry about your genetics, whether you got them good or bad, but you can't control the other two so that, you know, you're keeping as much as you can in check. Um, now we've kind of teased it here and there, but you talked about uh, things being different from, from when you started to how they are now and, you know, being on all the talk shows, working with all these celebrities. I want to dig more into deep into that. You, you said that you came from, you know, nothing almost. Where did you start? Where was the starting point for, for uh, Dr. Bill Dorfman? Well, you know, I, I, I grew up in Granada Hills. I went to school with John Elway, probably the most famous person from Granada Hills. Um, <laughs> then I went to UCLA undergrad. I went to Pacific Dental School in San Francisco. And then I did a two-year residency in Switzerland. Um, there's a little story in that as well. Um, you know, I, I grew up, I, I had never traveled. I had never been to Europe. I'd never been anywhere really. And, um, the idea of opening a dental practice and being tethered to that for the rest of my life was not very appealing. And I heard about this clinic in Switzerland. They had, uh, 400 applicants for one position. There's no reason that they should pick me except I probably had 10 to 20 instructors in my dental school write me glowing letters of recommendation. By the way, I always tell students, if you want a great letter, write it yourself. You know, always ask for a letter and say, look, if it's easier for you, I'll write the letter and you can personalize it. Um, I've been asked to write hundreds of letters and I so appreciate that. Um, On top of that, I called the director weekly. Now, back then, this was no easy thing. Calling Europe, it wasn't like you had a cell phone. It was like a whole big deal, but I did it. Every week I checked in with him. And, you know, I realized quickly that I probably was not going to get hired. I I had no experience. I didn't speak French. Like, what? you know, I did something on one of the calls, and and I call these life-defining moments. 
which was a life-defining moment. I, sometimes you plan, sometimes you don't, and I really didn't. But uh, basically got on the phone and said, can I take you to lunch? Mm-hmm. It's like, lunch? <laughs> You're in San Francisco. I said, yeah, but I'll fly there, which was even crazier because I had no money. I was like broke beyond broke. He goes, okay. So I borrowed money from my grandma and I flew to Switzerland and I met him and I took him to lunch and he hired me. You flew from San Francisco. Hold on. Pause. You flew from San Francisco to Switzerland to go to lunch with somebody in the the case or opportunity that you would get hired by them. Right. That is nuts. (laughs) That is wow. That is truly a life defining moment. What do you think it was? What do you think it was that got you to pose that question? Was it kind of like a gut instinct? Uh, a little voice in the back said, of your head? Yeah, somebody said the greatest, you know, the greatest um, advice you can ever get from a mentor is by just taking them to lunch. So I thought, what the heck? So w- what I decided was I'll take him to lunch and I'll get like a URL pass or something and spend a month in Europe before I start working as a dentist. I mean, a worst case scenario. So yeah, I flew there, I went to lunch and um, it was really funny because you know, now I wasn't just a piece of paper like everybody else. I was a living, breathing person in front of them and it worked, he hired me. So I stayed two years. Um, je parle français maintenant avant chez papa. I, I'm completely fluent in French. I learned how to ski. Um, and you know, I had, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, and I have a godson. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, my buddy Renee asked me to be the godfather of his son, Gregoire. So that's uh, incredible. Well, c'est, c'est bon, ça. Moi, je suis bilingue aussi. Alors, euh, dans, le, dans le futur, on peut parler en français ici. <laughs> ah, okay, bon. <laughs> bon nous. Euh, moi, je suis de l'Ottawa, en Ontario. Um, ah, okay, ouais, bon. J'étais en euh, immersion euh, par cette semaine. Puis euh, école secondaire. Alors, hey, c'est, c'est pas parfait, parfait, mais c'est en assez, ouais. Ouais, ouais. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cool. That's awesome. Ça, um, c'est un petit surprise. Oui, oui, bien sûr. Um, so, you talked about mentorship and you talked about how you hired, you know, someone to, when you were going on, on Extreme Makeover, you hired someone to help you with all, you know, the gestures, the behaviors, like all of that. And, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but Winning Streaks just recently became a top 10 podcast in Canada. And for years, I've been doing this thing. You know, for years, I've been interviewing and meeting with people and things like that. But until I invested in, you know, a bit of mentorship or in some coaching, did, until then, didn't I really, you know, take off? How important do you feel it is for individuals to seek out and learn for a mentor or even pay for someone to, you know, coach them and assist them in their field of work? I mean, the right one is invaluable. Look, when I came to Beverly Hills, do you think they need another cosmetic dentist? No. <laughs> no. So what I did is I, I researched, I found the five most successful cosmetic dentists in Beverly Hills. I called all of them. I asked them if I could come in and shadow them. They allowed me to. And I sat there for a week like a sponge and I just soaked up everything that they were doing. And then I took a culmination of what all these great five practices were doing. I took all the best stuff and put it in one practice. At the end of my first year, I was way busier than any of them, you know? 
And, and I also wasn't so set, you know, like they had their thing. I was always learning, always open to new things, always one of the most powerful things. I, I, I'm in four mastermind groups. I meet once a month with four different mastermind groups. One is a group of the most successful dentists in, in, in America. We meet once a month. I've been meeting with these guys for 20 years. I'm in a group called Tiger 21. I don't know if you know what Tiger is, but um, it's, a, it's a really high-powered you know, group of individuals. I'm also in YPO, Young Presidents Organization. It's an international organization of business owners and leaders. I'm also in a group with, with local men in LA that are you know, pretty um, successful business leaders. But you know, the, the power of a mastermind group is undeniable. You know, I mean, you meet with these people and they become so incredibly close to you. And it's like you have your own personal board of directors in life, in marriage, in divorce, in raising kids, in, in dating, and in, 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 in business, and like everything. It's, it's really powerful. And it's one of the core things we teach at LEAP. You know, I mean, LEAP is a one-week program, but when the kids leave, we keep them in a, in a group of 10 kids while they're at the program. We encourage them to stay in that group even after they leave and set up their own mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And I can't imagine how powerful, like, again, like you said, like an Olympian for them to say, if I had had this, you know, I could have done so much more to me. That's insane. And I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, um, you've created a program to, to pay it forward like that. Um, and, you know, fall, looking at your journey, like it's incredible. You've, you've, obviously accomplished so much, but I'm genuinely curious, like along the way, what do you feel was the biggest kind of hurdle you had to overcome? And, uh, how did you go about that? You know, it's funny. I mean, first of all, there I mean, in, in which business, you know, in, in writing my book and, and, and discus dental and my dental practice, I mean, there were always hurdles, but none of them were, were insurmountable. You know, I mean, you know, I, I never really felt like there was like this big hurdle that I had to overcome. I, you know, I just worked really hard and, and steady and, you know, and, and, you know, whenever there was a setback, I just did what I needed to do to correct it and, you know, and move forward. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you've got uh, a lot of experience under the belt. Is there any like de- pre- precise moment that you recall back to when you think of, you know, everything that you've um, kind of overcome uh, when you think about adversity or is it kind of just all one big pot of, of things that have happened? I think that there, there, was a, there was one point in my life that I would say was probably the most challenging period where three really bad things all happened at once. And any one of those things would have been really bad but to have all three at the same time was nearly catastrophic. And it's crazy because this was in, in the spring of 2007. 
I was, um, I was riding my car, driving my car through Beverly Hills, and it was a, a beautiful California spring day where, you know, the flowers are blooming and the birds are singing. And, you know, and you get that singing in your, mind, in your head where it's like, you know, sometimes you need to just stop and smell the roses. And, and, um, and I did. I literally pulled over on the side of the road and was so overwhelmed with how happy I was and how thankful I was. And uh, like, I, I just, uh, I was so, so, so appreciative. You know, my businesses were booming. My kids were great. You know, I, I, I was on my second marriage and I was, you know, deeply in love. And I mean, like, I just couldn't think, like, I, I, might get, I don't even know how anything could get better. Right. Right. A month later, my life did a 180. I'm on the same street. I'm kind of reminiscing about the last time I was there when I was like so happy that I pulled over and, and I hear this song from Five for Fighting called Superman. When you get a minute, listen to it and look at the lyrics because literally every line in that song is my life, like to the T. And I just, I, 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 I really like broke down and cried. My, we were in the middle of selling discus dental and in the 11th hour, like every, like a year of work in the 11th hour, it went sideways and the deal stopped. My, my wife, my second wife, um, filed for divorce. <laughs> and forgot to tell me. So I got a phone call from TMZ telling me that I was getting divorced. That was, that was nice. It's a nice phone call to get. Um, luckily, I'm good friends with Harvey, and um, he put out a really nice supportive article the next day about that. Um, and then um, I almost lost a very, very, very close family member. And which really kind of made everything else seem insignificant, having to deal with that. It was horrendous. And, um, and I'll tell you what I did. I went into work the next morning, and I did an all-hands-on-deck meeting. And I had everybody come in, and I basically shared with my whole team, 30 people, what was going on in my life. I said, let me tell you something. People, patients are going to walk in and say, Doc, how are you? I'm going to look them right in the eye and lie and just say, fine, because I can't tell them the truth. And, I, and for me, the healthiest thing I can do is really to just put all of my energy into helping people and fixing their teeth, their mouths, or whatever. And everybody's like, well, why don't you just go home? Like, what? I'm like, what am I going to do, sit at home and cry? That would be the worst thing. Mm. I said, just cover my back. Just know I'm not okay. And just let me do what I do best. And what I do best is really taking care of people. And, and, and you know, as my grandma always said, this too shall pass. 
And, you know, and thankfully, you know, grandma was right. You know, um, our, um, um, we ended up selling Discus Dental three years later. In fact, um, 10, 10, 10 at 10 a.m. is when we sold Discus Dental. So October 10th, which will be this Saturday, will be our 10 year anniversary of the sale of Discus Dental. Um, fortunately, um, my family member made a full recovery um, and it was really pins and needles. And um, yeah, my divorce was my divorce. I mean, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know, life goes on. But I think that especially for men, it's really difficult for us to feel vulnerable or to express weakness or the fact that we need help. But I, I wanna tell you and other men listening, that's actually a sign of strength to be strong enough to say, hey, I need help is a really powerful thing. And it's something that's super important. And, you know, I've had a a really charmed life. And like I said earlier, you know, my career has exceeded every expectation. But, you know, everybody goes through stuff. You know, and one of the problems, and I tell my kids at Leap this, is we compare our deepest, darkest inside to everybody else's bright, sunny outside. Well, everybody's got dark things, you know, and it's just a matter of of how you deal with that, that really determines your future and, you know, and your whole outlook on life. You've, uh, I got emotional there for a second. Like you give me goosebumps with, with what you've said and, um, incredibly, incredibly powerful powerful for me as a young man. And I'm sure for, uh, you know, many listeners of mine as well. So I thank you for that. Um, in this is just an incredible episode. I think I learned so much during our, our time chatting, um, in 30 seconds or less, if there was one piece of advice that you'd give my listeners to help them capture their next big win, what would it be? Never fail. I never fail. If you do something and it doesn't come out the way you want it to, that's not failure. That's practice. And do it again and again and again and again if you have to. But if you are really set on something, you really only fail when you quit. Don't quit and you won't fail. Dr. Bill Dorfman, this has been an absolute treat for me and so many others. Thank you so much for coming on the Winning Streaks podcast. Ah, Thanks for having me. We went kind of deep there. I wasn't expecting that, but you never know. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you being as transparent as you were and, you know, as honest as you were. And I know this is going to help a lot of people. So thank you. All right. Thanks for having me.